Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah. I hope everybody's paying attention today because if you saw the movie Wolf of Wall Street, we have his ex-wife on the show and she's big in helping people with trauma and we're going to dive into what she does. So welcome Nadine Macaluso to the Unimpressed Podcast. How you doing, Nadine? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Says you're a trauma bonding specialist. <laughs> what is that? What does that mean to you? I know that sounds that sounds like some specialty to choose, huh? Well, I, I always make this joke that when I was a little girl, it's not like I when I was like one day I'm gonna be a trauma bond whisperer. You know, it's a pretty heavy topic, and what that means to me is that I've made it my life's mission, especially over the past couple of years to really understand toxic dysfunctional relationships, especially between intimate partners. So when you think about that, and a lot of people play victim in today's time, I yes. think I think because of society, the structure of society sets up a victim world. Time we're born till we get into school, the, the structure of the school system, then society in general with pocket narratives. How, how can you get two people to understand that maybe they need to find themselves before they fix their relationship? Yeah, well, I, I think that's a really good point. You know, I always talk about how we teach reading, writing, and arithmetic in school, but we don't teach how to have relationships, which are the foundation of our society. And we're social beings and we're built for connection. I mean, a baby's brain can't even form unless a mother's in front of it. So yeah, we don't really teach people how to do relationships. And because of that, when people do get married and they're not well-trained in relationships, then they have children and the children can carry on the dysfunction from the marriage. And then it's just like this ever-ending cycle. Yeah, so just like a, a carrying the lineage. But what do you what do you think about having a, a defensive type of personality? A lot of people I think I see in society today are very defensive. Um, they kind of jump out the boat before you even get to a point. And I think it's premeditated to some extent because when you get to the content of of being defensive, there's not a lot of value there. But I see a lot of people being defensive. What do you think about something like that? Well, people, well, there, there are a few reasons why people are defensive. One of the first reasons why people are defensive is because they, it's a, it's a defense mechanism actually to be defensive, to feel the need to protect yourself, to actually project onto the person that you're with, that they're attacking you. They might just be making a suggestion. They might be coming from like a really nice standpoint to try to help you. But I think a lot of people 
don't assume naturally that people are on their side so they can get very defensive and then if you're dealing with a trauma bond and one partner is usually cheating or betraying the other partner when people are really defensive it's a sign also that what you're saying is either true or triggers them it hits a chord inside of them very very interesting Uh, trying to lay that out for someone and when they get in that pattern, it seems very hard for them to break that pattern. How how, how do you break the pattern of, well, of responding? Yeah, well, first of all, to break any pattern, two things have to happen. You have to be aware you're doing it, right? And you have to want to change it. And that's mm-hmm. why therapy is great. That's why people come to therapy is because they realize they have maladaptive patterns or maladaptive ways of being and life isn't going for them exactly the way they want it to go. We bring these issues up in a very safe, accepting, non-judgmental container to look at them. Say, hey, being defensive working? No. Is always being the victim working? No. So what? What? why do we do that? And what are alternative ways to behave? How do you want to behave? Well, you told me you told me you uh, are in Florida now, in Boca Raton, and oh, you got an Italian last name. I got a lot of Italian family in New Jersey, and your relationship with Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Balfort. Yeah, I, I've hung around those guys. I've hung around a lot of those guys, and there's more Jordan Balforts in New York City that are in the financial world than people realize. Yes, uh, I think Jordan just got the movie made about him, but I could name probably 15 others with the same. Type Type of lifestyle did this did this relationship kind of push you to where you're at today yeah you know i mean i, I was i'm a 56 year old woman now so i was 22 when i met jordan and it was a as you as they depict in the movie it was a highly dramatic and erratic relationship very volatile and so while i was with him i went to therapy because I knew I can't manage my life. This is crazy. So I went to therapy. We ended up getting divorced. And at 39, I decided, you know what? Therapy helped me so much. I'm going to go back to school and become a therapist. And again, I really didn't know that this is what I was going to specialize. I mean, you think I would have, but I, I didn't. And then as time went on, and he wrote the book, he made the movie. I still, that still wasn't my specialty, but I had a clinical practice where women just kept coming in and they were in bad relationships. They were in trauma bonds. And I just was like, you know what? We have a problem. I'm going to go back to the research and figure out what is going on. And that's mm-hmm. how I came to uh, specialize in this. So breaking down that relationship, when you were, you got married to Jordan when you were 22, and let's say 22 to 27, what was that that first block, that first five years experience or for you? Yeah, initially it was wonderful. It was tons of romance. It was, uh, uh, I always say like, oh, too fast, too much, too soon, but it felt good, you know? And, um, but then what happened, there was a lot of love bombing in the beginning, a lot of gifts, a lot of uh, big statements, you know, we're going to love each other forever. But then as time went on, I always say the mask falls in a trauma bond. We call it Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And Jordan started to become more dominating, more threatening, more controlling towards me. And then his drug addiction increased. Mm-hmm. And so as time went on, it got more challenging to be in mm-hmm. a relationship with him. Well, obviously drugs alters your 
who you are as a person. So when you, when you think about that world and I was in New York, I was in North Caldwell for 12 and a half years mm -hmm. and I had a lot of friends in, in the financial market and had this one guy that I met at Ohika Castle. Oh, yeah. I went to Ohika Castle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know Gary Milius very well. I know Frank right. McKay, you know, all those guys very, very well. Um, and the first time I went in there, I used to go to those Sunday brunch brunches that Gary had. Gary and Frank had on Sundays and they had the judges there and everything. So there's one broker in there. I don't think you got to fall into the hype. Yeah. And this one broker worked with UBS. And the first thing I had come out of his mouth in a conversation with all the people who run New York, all the judges, all the power players, there's about 15 of them sitting at one table and he's talking about a trillion dollar diamond, <laughs> right? <laughs> a trillion dollar diamond. And, and, you know, I was in LA and I knew there's a lot of bullshit in LA Yeah. and things kind of sized up a little better in New York. But that was a big learning experience for me because the first time I went to his office, I walked in and him and his buddy, there's two lines of cocaine laying on his desk. <laughs> and, they're, and they're doing it like it's no big deal. And UBS is nice on Avenues of America, you know, over there by the steakhouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's where the office is. Um, and it's a nice place. So that was kind of shocking. And my interpretation of that, that these guys had tons of money, had tons of money. They had a big team. They did about, I think they did about six or seven million a year with UBS, with his team. Long and short of it, I used to hang out with a lot of celebrities and, and, and did a lot of events. I actually did a boxing match at Ohika, but I used to fly with him to AC, uh, you know, the jet, the Harris jet, and then Caesars would pick us up, up in Westchester, Westchester and take us to Vegas. But long and short of it, you know, I thought I had an opportunity with him based on the facade that I saw. Correct. But when when all ended, the guy still owes me ten thousand dollars and the guy needed me more than I needed him, found out he was in debt to the casinos. Oh wow. You know, um, a lot of money. And when and when they flew us out to Vegas, they flew us on the big jet. There's, they got a big jet Caesars. And what what would you tell somebody who may be blinded by the bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you experienced it. Yeah. You know, I think that there's two things I want to say about that. First of all, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And what I've discovered is that people that are financially successful, truly financially successful, are not so grandiose and not such showmen. They're they're really a lot more humble and they're quieter about it. They don't need to demonstrate it for the whole world to see. But someone like that is really trying to sell you to get something from you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And they know a lot of these people, they're amazing salesmen. Now, I don't fall for them anymore at 56, <laughs> but... You know, when I was a young girl, it's, it's, well, you don't know about this sort of grandiose, um, high pressure sales tactic person. You fall, it's easy to fall for it. So you had a good run to five year run and then Jordan got into the drugs. How did that, how did the drugs and change of personality affect you personally? Well, yeah, I mean, he did drugs in the beginning, but it was more in control. And then as time went on, his drug addiction got greater and greater. And it was very scary to see someone that you love, their whole personality change due to drugs. 
And I had not ever seen that in my life. I didn't grow up with a family where I witnessed addiction. So it was very shocking. And it was horrible because when you're dealing with someone who's in the throes of an addiction, nothing you say matters. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how much they love you, theoretically. It doesn't matter how much you beg them to stop. I always say I could have like hung myself upside down and vomited green vomit out of my mouth and nothing was going to make them stop. So it was very scary and disconcerting. Hmm. And what what was one of the craziest stories and kind of turning point for you where you realized you needed to get out of that relationship? Yeah, the, the what happened was that as uh, Jordan's drug addiction increased and I would and uh, there, and I confronted him, confronted him about it, and told him, "You need to get, you need to go to rehab, or else I'm going to leave you." Because I can't sit here and watch you kill yourself. And that was when he really got crazy and threw my clothing and jewelry and lit them on fire in the fireplace and called me every name in the book. And um, he got he got verbally abusive and physically violent. And the physical abuse was not there. So once it escalated to that, I, I knew we had a real problem. Mm-hmm. And then I would say about a year later, I left him because he got arrested. And I knew I was safe because I knew he was the government's problem. And I knew he couldn't harm me. So did you realize that, you know, there were some issues monetarily as you're going through this process with him? You know, he Jordan always had a lot of lawyers around him and he always had um, tons of business deals going on, which I was really not involved in at all. Um, you know, he's not the type of person that A, is going to listen to anything anybody says. No, I really didn't understand exactly what was happening. It there seemed like there were shady things going on for sure, but I ha- I didn't really get it as a young 20-year-old woman. And he certainly wasn't going to share that with me. Mm-hmm. So are you, are you from New York? Yeah, I grew up in Brooklyn. You grew up in Brooklyn. Italian, mm-hmm. big Italian family in Brooklyn? You know, I was, I'm English and Italian. So my dad's Italian, my mom's English. Um, so yeah, had a, had a, but I grew up, I would say almost more English, honestly, and Irish than Italian. And how, how did you and Jordan meet originally? We met, uh, he, he, I went like, like they show in the movie, I went to a party at his house and I just showed up with a boyfriend and I guess he got very interested in me and then actually have made somebody $15,000 in the stock market to ask me to go to dinner with her and him. Interesting. And I had no idea that I was being set up. So when you take, take. Take away the the story, take away the drugs, take away the the movie, take away all that. When you look at Jordan's personality, yeah, and and I looked at what he's doing now, you know, those personalities kind of stand out front in whatever they do. Do yes. you think he was someone that kind of you know was a bigger than life character? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and, and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unimpressed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash unimpressed. Was able to get away with what he was able to get away with? Yeah, he's certainly a bigger than life cat person, and he's extraordinarily bright, and he's very ambitious, and he's a hard worker. Gotcha. Yeah, and he's very driven. How long did it take you, when you got out of the relationship, how long did it take you to land to, to head you in this direction of what you're doing now? So I got out of the relationship, I would say around 30, 31, and then I went back to school to be a therapist at 39. And, and when you learn to be a therapist, because I'm a, I don't know if you saw anything about me. I've got some weird stuff going on. I don't claim to be anybody. I just, yeah. I have these natural abilities. I didn't know I had. Um, okay. I'm supposedly a natural healer and I am a clairsentient and I feel everything. Yeah. So when you went to school to be this therapist, the schooling and the knowledge piece there compared to experienced people in real time. Has anything changed for you? Belief changed? Thought processes changed? Anything like that big that sticks out to you? You mean from schooling to actually doing my clinical work? Yeah, because I think, yeah, when you actually dig into people and you start to meet different personalities, I think that's really where you start to learn about life and learn about people. Was there anything that kind of maybe change your thought process based on what you thought when you came out of school? Yeah, you know, I had been in therapy myself for around that point, probably 22, 32, think about that, some, like 18 years, almost 20 years myself. So I really understand, understood the therapy process because I had been on the receiving end of it. So I, I think that what happened is, you know, you go to school and you have to learn what they tell you, of course, and then you have to take state tests to pass and you have to do 3000 hours to become licensed. And so there's nothing like real experience in the room with, with the patients and really nothing changed that much again, because I had been in therapy, but I just, I'm always amazed at how resilient human beings are. Mm hmm and how much they are actually capable of growth and, and how much they can endure. Mm -hmm. We're really amazing uh, beings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for you, obviously you, you held uh, and dealt with a, ma I call it a maximum lifestyle. Cause when you have that maximum lifestyle in New York city, yeah, it's a little different when you go yes. other places, for you sure. For sure. <laughs> it kind of yeah. raises the bar. It kind of raises the bar on how you interpret things. Yeah, it can. Yeah. But remember, I also grew up in, from, in Brooklyn. Yeah. So I also had that 
as my um, base. Yeah. So when you when you first talk to a, a patient, is there like a is there a couple questions? Is there an A B C direction? Is there a process you use to kind of crack the code of what that person needs? Well, when everybody comes to me before they um you know or right when they come to therapy, I give them assessments. I give them two assessments: one about to to assess their personality traits, and one to find out about their defenses actually and how they're wired in their minds and heart. And so because I took a postdoc training and so I use that assessment and I use another assessment. So I have kind of like a clear understanding and a roadmap for them when they come in mm -hmm. that I explore with them and say, mm -hmm. okay, I notice you have these personality traits. I know, you know, you have these sorts of behaviors and defenses and let's explore that. Or now, since I work with women in trauma bonds, they come to me and I really kind of just meet them where they are. If they're still in love in the trauma bond, if they're in the middle of the trauma bond, if they want to leave the trauma bond. And I, we kind of explore that with them and just give them tons of support. And I do a very strength oriented approach where I'm also connecting people to their innate strengths mm -hmm. that they might not even know they have. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing and some of the crazy stuff I have going on, you know, when you think about relationships and you think about feng shui, yeah. you know, everybody has a direction when they're born and their non-conscious has a direction, which I, you know, I say this all every show, but I, you know, that's where science stops at the non-conscious. They don't yeah. include intuitiveness and psychology and Right. That part, which I think can be broken down systematically to include it with their calculations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you knew your direction in feng shui and you could prepare yourself to have a relationship with someone that aligns with that direction, mm -hmm. do you think there would be better relationships out there today? Yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about that. But um, the, the way I look at it is I teach people about their attachment patterns, right? And so I do think the more you know about yourself in general, in whatever area that you're interested in, the better partner you can be for anybody and the better you can be for yourself, which affects yeah. who you are in a relationship. Because I, I talk about a, a predetermined or premeditative society in a way. I think one thing is you can if you can teach people about these things, all right? You have a birth date. You plug that birth date in. You know that I'm northwest. Uh, my success is south. My, my health is north. And you know all these directions. Yeah. So when you, when you think about creation and you think about balance, think about the Vitruvian man. You know, God had creation and wanted to have everything to be symbiotic bionic balanced and so forth yeah you know, like you take a you take a woman right that may have five attributes then you take a man that may have five attributes each yeah. attribute is different on both sides but when you combine them yeah it gives you 10 which makes you more powerful yeah so i think a lot of times if people understood that alignment maybe they're hooked up with the wrong person that mm -hmm. creates some of these issues that we don't realize and we don't talk about potentially in your field. You know, this is just mm -hmm. some of the weird deep thinking I do. Have you ever thought about anything like that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think what you're talking about too is like um, people complimenting each other. Yes. I think that that's, I think that that's, yeah, that can certainly happen. Sure. If you just take the two parts, the fact that science leaves out one third of law of attraction. And if, if people understood 
the their environment and what they absorb when their environment, whether it's passive absorption or accepting absorption. If they understood that, then they understood understand their net non-conscious. A non-conscious is just what you're made of, right? What you're made of, you have a direction, there's no emotions involved, right? So then when the emotional part comes into play, if you broke that down through through the non-conscious, your uh, subconscious, your unconscious bias and consciousness, and gave people more knowledge behind each of those pieces and how and where those pieces affect you in your life, even though you still would experience trauma, do you think if they had this information and everybody understood this information on a, a worldwide lev level, you think things could be handled better? You know, I don't know enough about the theory that you're discussing to really speak to that. Yeah. But I do think that, again, education leads to empowerment. So that's why I wrote my book. But I just don't know enough about that theory to speak to that. Speaking of the book, Run Like Hell, right, yes. is the name of the book? That is tell correct. Me, yeah, tell me a little bit about the book and what you're... You know, what are you looking to get out of publishing this book? Yeah, so Run Like Hell is a therapist's guide to recognizing, escaping, and healing from trauma bonds. It's a book that is broken down into three sections. And the first section defines what a trauma bond is and talks about who the pathological lover is in a trauma bond and talks about the woman's personality. And then in the second part of the book, I talk about the trauma symptoms that you get from being in an abusive relationship and how to leave safely from this relationship. And I took go on to talk why people leave. And then in the third section, I really importantly talk about how to heal. And the reason why I wrote the book is because I wanted to really help. I want to take the education that's in the ivory tower, all the research articles that I read and bring it to the masses. And I want to educate women and people everywhere about these dysfunctional relationships so they can avoid them and they can heal from them and they can grow and reach their potential in life and love. So it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Interesting. So so what, what was, when you wrote this book, what were you, what were you pulling from? I know we talked about your relationship a little bit, talked about trauma bonding. What what was coming from the heart when you wrote this book? You know, I think when you write something like this or when you do any, for me, at least when I did this creative piece, um, well, first of all, it's coming from all of the beautiful work that I do with my patients. It's coming from my own personal experience. And it was coming from what I was seeing out in the world. When you watch Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, what you see with the priests, what you see with the Boy Scouts, this real abuse of power. And um, so it was a mix of things. And then and then, you know, hundreds of research articles and books. And I intertwined that with stories, with actual stories from my practice to demonstrate what these relationships look like. And my heart is in it because I want to serve humanity mm -hmm. and I want to leave a legacy, hopefully, of if I could help one or two people and make the world a better place. As I get older, I want to have generativity and do that. And the most beautiful thing is getting messages and direct messages on TikTok and Instagram from women all over the world saying, thank you. You've helped. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful feeling. Well, I think that's now it just kind of clicked with me um, about that angle of the book. You know, I, and I think that's a big deal because I think we set some of these personalities up to take advantage of that mm -hmm. because 
because I, I don't see, I don't see a lot of value in it, but the way, you know, the way we sell everything to the, to people in the world is like, you're not good enough. Right. So when you, you're told you're not good enough your whole life, and then you see these characters, it's almost like that energy, that persona, all that gives them an opportunity to take advantage. Does that make sense? Do you mean, do you mean like these kind big personalities to take advantage? Yes. Yeah, because you have yes. this, this uh, based on the structure of this, you're not good enough world, mm -hmm. we position these characters mm -hmm. to be able to take advantage of that opportunity because that's what people feed into. They're, but they're feeding into something that has no value at the end of the day. And I think also, you know, what my research shows is that there's a lot of women such as myself with personality traits of being a highly agreeable, tolerant, kind person that's very driven and conscientious. And what happens is that they, these are not bad traits. You know, these aren't necessarily traits where I didn't feel good, good enough. These are traits that make me altruistic and generous of my heart. But in the hands of the wrong people, they get weaponized. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't understand yourself and you don't understand the perpetrators in the world because they're out there, then um, you can really get hurt and traumatized. And life is hard enough. Interesting. Yeah. So where do, we, where, do we find, where do we find the book? So you can find it on Amazon. You can find it at Barnes and Noble. It just got, um, it's an audio book now on Spotify and Google, and it'll be on Audible. And um, we can also get it as an ebook on Amazon now. Nice. Yeah. And, and what is your, what's your life like today? You're, you're not living too bad down there in Boca. Boca's no, pretty no, cool spot. I've been married for 24 years to a great, crazy Sicilian man. And I have two beautiful children and he had three. So we did a Brady Bunch merger and we have five kids and two grand boy grandsons and life is good. Working hard, saving the world one heart at a time. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, well, I appreciate you coming on the show, Nadine. I think it's been a good conversation. Is there anything else we, we might have missed uh, that we didn't speak about? No, this was lovely. Thank you so much. I do. I do. I'm going to close out after you answer this question. I didn't mention, I forgot to mention uh, just a little tidbit on narcissistic abuse. Tell me, define that for, for me. Yeah, so uh, so the way I define it is very simple, is that this sort of person will use, exploit, betray, and harm other people to get their needs met for money, power, pleasure, and status. Gotcha. Cool. I appreciate yeah. that. Well, yeah. if you're looking for a good book, you're in a bad relationship, you're going through some trauma, get the book, Run Like Hell. Uh, I think it'll be a good read. You've got a real life experience person here that's it's doing that on both ends, had the experience and practicing it as well as a therapist. Yes. So like I said, I appreciate you coming on the show. This has been Nadine Macaluso, and I am John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.